Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to Inspired Babes. Let's chat. So today we are on episode 41, and I have a special guest today. His name is Toph Pace. Now, I don't know if any of you follow him on social media. You should. He has a voice, man. He's not afraid to share what he believes in as far as politics or religion, and he shares things that most people are scared to share. But it's facts. It's it's things that are truth, right? And I love when people own their voice and they speak truth because I think we need more of it. And, you know, today's episode, we talk a little bit about politics and a little bit about religion. And I think those are two topics that most people struggle talking about, right? I mean, God, people have, you know, lost friendships over, or even family members over having conversations like this. And a lot of people say, oh, you just don't talk about this type of stuff, right? And, you know, to each his own, whatever you feel. But, you know, we also hear a little bit about Toph's story, like his, just a lot of his story, which is so fascinating. And, you know, if listeners here aren't familiar with the LDS church, um, you know, he goes into to depth with that and the struggle, you know, with going against what he actually wanted growing up. And I, and I can relate to that. Um, and this could be related to any aspect of life, right? You know, we, we are raised a certain way and told to do certain things and we just do it because that's all we feel that's available at the time. But I think there comes a point in your life where you realize that we're all responsible for who we are and the actions we take on a daily, no matter what we were taught and who we were raised by. And we can't blame anybody. It's nobody's fault for anything but our own, you know? I mean, once, you know, I've been gaining this sense of responsibility for who I am and again, the actions that I've been taking, things shift. There's a lot more power in that. And so, you know, as you listen today, just, just hear, you know, it's interesting because you hear the struggle of Toph just like as he was raised and growing up in this contemplation back and forth and back and forth and back and forth Do wait, is something wrong with me? Or, you know, do I go out of the church? Do I stay in the church? But wait, this is what you do. But yet, wait, I'm being pulled this direction. And wait, I feel free when I'm being pulled this way. And, but then I feel so restricted this way. And, you know, it's a real thing. It's a real thing when people are dealing with you know, things in life where you're taught a certain way and you're just going with it. And, but then you're being pulled a different direction. Like there is a real battle in your mind. And so my only ask is that when you are listening, know that there's an area in your life, this could be religion, this could be politics, this could be in any relationship, a job, whatever it is. I want you to, to know that there's always going to be a struggle with doing things, right? Like, okay, do I do this? Do I do that? In your mind, there's always a struggle, right? And I want you to always tap in and listen to what your gut is telling you because that right there is truth. That right there is never going to stray you wrong ever, ever, ever. And if you could actually tap into that and listen to that, that's when you know you are going to get the right answer for you. Because guess what it is your life not your mom's, not your dad's, not your brother's or your sister's, or your neighbor's or the religion you're in, whatever politics you believe, whatever it is, but it's your life. And so if you get anything out of this, tap into 
asking more questions with whatever you're doing in life. If, if you're not feeling a hundred percent in on something, ask questions. Don't just do it because you're told. I'm telling you, there's not a lot of freedom in that, right? And so this is just a great episode just to kind of take a look within yourself and relate it to your life. Anytime I'm listening to a podcast, I go in thinking, you know, I get pulled to certain certain things I'm listening to or watching because there's something missing in my life, right? Or I'm stuck in an area. And so as I'm listening, I'm, I'm listening for that answer. And all of a sudden, it could be one thing someone says and you're like, oh my God, that's my answer, right? And so again, um, you know, buckle up for this episode. It's, it's great. And I, and I'm so grateful that Toph was able to share everything he shared. It was super vulnerable with him sharing all the things that he did today. And I was so grateful that he was able to be here and, and to be in the conversation with him. So, and he actually, um, is going to be starting his own podcast coming up soon. And I'm all about that. I'm all about whatever <laughs> speaks to you, fucking go for it. Because again, it's speaking to you for a reason, right? So you guys, here we go. I'm super excited. So Toph, I'm so excited to have you here. I am happy to be here. Yes, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so I wanted to have you on because I've seen a lot of your posts on um, social media and you're not afraid to speak up and say what's on your mind. I think it's so fascinating, especially men, because I think sometimes, you know, because of the way men are raised, right? They're taught to brush everything under the rug and to, to just go with the flow, which most human beings are. And I love how you've questioned everything between politics, religion, and who you are as a man. And um, it's just, it's really pulled me to you. And I, I wanted you on because I, I think people need to hear what you have to say and how you have awoken, right? How you, is that the right? What the fuck? How am I even supposed to say this? Um, what am I trying? How am I maybe, supposed to, maybe what's the word? Enlightened. Enlightened. Thank you. Enlightened. You're just enlightened. And it's super inspiring to me because um, I think we need more people out there that speak up and have a voice. And so you've definitely inspired me. And I want you to just, I want to have a conversation around, you know, religion and leaving the religion that, you know, we were in and just kind of be in that conversation okay. and how you got so enlightened, right? <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm excited to be here because yeah. I, I enjoy talking about religion, mm -hmm. uh, politics conversations that are more difficult to have just because that like when when we talk about waking up or being enlightened I feel like those conversations is as is what has helped me mm -hmm. to be become more more self-aware is how yeah. it all began and and podcasting is it, it's played a huge role mm -hmm. so over the last three years, I've been listening to podcasts on a daily basis. Joe Rogan has been, he was the first one and kind of been my favorite podcast. I try to listen to a variety just to get different insight. Yeah. I love the the conversation of 
two people or even if it's three people, but yeah, where there's no agenda. It's just like, we're just going to have a conversation about life and what, how we have experienced life, what we, um, know and, yeah. and just share that. And so that's, you know, as I transitioned, um, to give a little background, I yeah. guess I, I'm 39 years old and I was born and raised in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in a really small town. Uh, the population is probably around a thousand. And when I, when I say small town, I'm talking one grocery store, one gas station, oh, little, little drive-in, uh, <laughs> uh, restaurant, mm. um, no traffic lights. I, I drove, so my high school wasn't even in my town. My high school was 15, 10, 10 miles away. It took me about 15 minutes to get to school. Nice. So I didn't, once I got my driver's license, I, I was able to drive to school or, you know, carpool with buddies. And so I'm, I'm a small town country boy. Mm. Like that's my roots. And at the time I took it for granted, but I mean, it's, I can appreciate that experience now. And so, yeah. What town was it? Farron, Utah. Oh, so I've never uh, even been there. Castledale is the, where the high school is at. Okay. It, it's in Emory County. So Emory high school. Yes. Um, Okay. I, I graduated in 1999 and we were a 3A small 3a school Mm. i played football and price is fairly close that's like the that's that's like the closest big town yeah yeah but growing up uh provo orem that Mm. that was like the city like oh if you're gonna go to the mall you got to drive a couple hours to go to oh my gosh yeah that's insane to me and i mean we'd make regular trips to go to like my parents were they weren't Costco people they were Sam's Club okay so, <laughs> but we'd make the make ground we'd make regular trips up here it was just kind of that's just back then before you know internet was kind of new so mm. you know you could order certain things out of the catalog or I mean I don't re- re- remember ordering online but it was more mm. like oh if you needed something like you didn't have time to go up there. You could <laughs> order through the catalog and have them really? ship it quick. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, like, you know, to buy like, you know, school shopping and like mm-hmm. Christmas shopping, birthdays, it was like, well, let's go up to, to Orem. And, yeah. you know, sometimes we come up to Salt Lake, but so that's, that's kind of like my experience. And, okay. Yeah. I, I grew up in the LDS church. Okay. And so my, can I ask you yeah. something? So with some people who don't even know what LDS is or Mormons or because a lot of listeners, right? I mean, this is, I mean, all over, right? Exactly. So how, how could you describe that to somebody listening that doesn't even know what Mormons or LDS is? So their, their name brand is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. um, commonly known as the Mormons are referred to as the Mormons because of the book of Mormon Mm -hmm. and the missionaries that go and share the the book of Mormon and the message. So LDS short for Latter-day Saint. And it's, 
it's a very interesting religion and my my upbringing was very positive Mm -hmm. um there there were some negatives about it but well yeah of course you know growing up in my town everybody was mormon Mm -hmm. everybody was lds not everybody was active participating members Mm -hmm. but everybody had a connection to the church now there were a few that not not specifically in my hometown that i can remember but you know there were some students some friends that were not of the faith but they were few and far between Mm. and and what, what what's interesting about growing up you know especially in utah like and what's what's interesting about utah is every pocket every area kind of has their own culture and there, there's kind of the utah culture as a whole and then everybody kind of has their subcultures yeah. and as i lived in the town that i grew up in and then i i i, I chose to serve a mission so at 19 i it was basically i graduated high school i didn't know what i was going to do yeah i didn't know i I didn't, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know what I was going to study. I, I played uh, football mm-hmm. since I was a little kid. And so it's kind of like, I just wanted to be a football player, but I, yeah. I wasn't a superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, I was decent, but not a division one football player. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, now what? Right. And I think a lot of people experience that. I mean, how the hell are you supposed to know what you want to do at 19? Yeah. That's why the college thing blows my mind. How they're like, what do you want to do at 19? It's like, first of all, you're not, your brain's not even fully developed till you're like, what, 27, 28, they say? Yeah, it's, it's later in life. So, later in life. So the fact that people decide right then, it's like you go to school all these years and then by the time you're, you're done, you're like, oh shit, I hate what I do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Not saying school's bad, right? I mean, if you know exactly what you want to do, then go for it. But I just, so it's so, like I said, fascinating to me. And I was kind of yeah. mixed on graduating because I was like, I liked high school. Okay. <laughs> I didn't so mind did it. So did I. I loved high I school. I mean, but I, I, I don't know. I just kind of, kind of fit in. I was a football player. I was, you know, I had a all my family, like my grandparents, my cousins, aunts and uncles, I had good friends. Like, I just was like, what, what now? So I, I graduated and I, uh, my dad helped me get a job with his company and I was doing construction mm-hmm. up until I turned 19 the, the following January. And so oh, then I was like, well, I'm just going to go on a mission. That's kind of the cool thing. The respectable <laughs> thing to do like it's accepted what you like, do if you say you're going on a mission then people are just like they support you they support like, you you're you're in yes. and and so it was just it was kind of like a, a, an easy thing to do and so yeah. i did and and i i got a call to go to houston texas okay and i remember like uh reading it and i was kind of I was kind of bummed, kind of relieved because I didn't know if I wanted to leave the country. It was mm. kind of like, eh, like, but it was kind of like Houston. Like, yeah. I kind of wanted to go. Like, if I was going to go somewhere in the states, I was like, you know, Chicago or like yeah. New York or yeah, somewhere like that. But Houston just seemed like. But then I saw as I read further, it said Spanish. Ooh. I was like, oh, like yeah. I'm going to speak Spanish. Like, yeah. and I'm in this small town, so I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to learn Spanish in in the states. Like, yeah, you know, this was you know back in the '90s, and so 
you know, the, Utah didn't have a lot of Hispanic Latin mm-hmm. influence at that time. I mean, I think it was probably kind of slowly coming in, but I, I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. So anyways, I went and I, I dove all, I went all in. I, I mean, I wasn't like super hardcore obedient missionary. My, my mission president, well, I had two, but the first one was only there for couple couple transfers mm-hmm. so six so like three months yeah 12 weeks uh my new president was strict businessman oh and, and he he loved the outgoing uh the baptizing teaching like mm. you know those kind of missionaries and i just i'm i'm a quiet guy and i'm a hard worker but i'm I just wasn't baptizing. So mm-hmm. I'd been in the mission for like nine months to a year and I was kind of getting a lot of pressure. Like, why aren't you baptizing? I want to put you in leadership roles, but you know, mm-hmm. you need to start baptizing. So he threw me with a new missionary, like a green, you know, I was training and all of a sudden I f- started like figure out the sales pitch mm-hmm. and like the Spanish started coming to me and it was like, I thought it was this like divine, like, oh, like God's like giving me the gift of tongues or he's mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden it's like, I've proven that I'm ready to start doing the work. I started baptizing like frequently and I mm. start having success and then I'm like getting praise, but it always felt off to me. Really? Like the idea that you're based, that your success is based off of the, the number of baptisms you have like number of discussions you teach but at the same time i was like i just wanted to be successful i didn't want to have any regrets Mm -hmm. so i mean i i I, you know learned the language learned the material um you know we we taught it from six discussions i don't know if you're familiar with Mm. the six discussions it's an old they they don't do it anymore now they have like preach my gospel manual right but we had to memorize them i memorized them all Wow. I did this, we had this uh, gospel scholar program like that very few missionaries uh, completed, but it was mm. reading all the, from a missionary library and then like writing talks. So oh. I wrote like 50 talks. Holy shit. And I was like, cause I was like, yeah. I just want to like, this is what I, I'm just, I'm all in. Yeah. And so I love my mission. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of moments. I had companions. I had a lot of like times where I was like, I remember I called my parents once. Oh, really? <laughs> my companion was in the shower and I called him. I was like, I want to come home. Yeah. But it was just one of those things yeah. where it was just kind of like that moment where I was not getting along with the companion. Mm. And like, but at the same time, it was like, I, I just stuck with it and yeah. I made the best of it. And like, right. it was a really cool positive overall experience yeah the problem was and and what really helps is a a, for people that are familiar with the church you'll understand this if you're not when you're 19 years old and you decide to go you're very like people support you like you're kind of like the celebrity of the community of your ward and while you're out there your friends like girls are writing you like (laughs) it's like sweet it's just like you're you're very recognized and, yeah. and people think that you're kind of 
holier than thou, mm-hmm. even though you're not trying to be that way, people just kind of put that label on you. Right. Well, yeah, so, you're kind of set up that way, right? That's yeah. how they make you appear. Exactly. And, you know, it's just, yeah. And, and so I get home, take the label off, mm-hmm. and now I'm the return missionary. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, my standard has been elevated. Mm-hmm. And it was, it Lots was the pressure. Woo. Semester of college, I really, I really struggled with just transitioning because it was like, all of a sudden I'm, I'm free to do whatever, but I, and so I was like missing that structure of like having a companion to like keep me on track and like, it's like on a mission you're, you have this companion. So you're trying, like you kind of keep each other in check Uh, Yeah, and you have like a structure, you have a schedule structure. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I'm, my classes are all over the place. Mm -hmm. I've got to study on my own time. Like, I was really, I started getting into like fitness hardcore. And so like, I wanted to be at the gym all the time and Mm -hmm. I was trying to become a personal trainer. So I I was going to study, well, I started studying uh, exercise science. Oh, nice. So I was going to do like athletic training, strength and conditioning. And so I Mm -hmm. I started working at gyms and, but it was just like trying to like balance it all and, and keep everything together and date because I felt a lot of pressure not not from anyone telling me I needed to get married it was just kind of like just felt like I saw other people that's what they did oh yeah and so it was like I think you know and it just wasn't really Mm. wasn't really working out for me and I yeah I don't know I just I was really struggling with the transition and then I don't know I'd been home a year and I went out to a party and I got drunk. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Like, yeah. I'm just gonna like I all of a sudden, like in that semester, I started I started like enjoying college, like started becoming like more social and like mm. it wasn't like I was partying all week because I was like I said, I was into well, the gym. Yeah. So I was like, all of a sudden I, I developed this structure for myself. I was like, okay, I'm gonna wake up at this time and go to the gym, mm. do my classes do my, you know, I training in the evenings. And so I had this schedule during the week and then yeah. on the weekends, I just was like, I'm, I'm good to go. I have, if, if I meet all mm. my, my, my to do's during the week, then on the yeah. weekend I can just cut loose. I'm like, start having fun. Moved yeah. into a house, with six other meatheads. Oh, fun. <laughs> we oh all, my gosh. We were all return missionaries yes. and we were drinking and partying, but we were, I mean, at the time and looking back like we weren't out of control like we were just, yeah we were exploring 21 life. year olds like 22 year olds yes. i think our age range was like 21 to 25 okay you know and we were going down to mesquite occasionally there was yeah. a little dance club down in mesquite nevada and <laughs> yes. like we'd go down there occasionally Good. And, we just, and i was just enjoying life yeah but and some people might be able to relate to this there was there's a guilt to it there is there's guilt to it. And I, I just back in my head, I'm like, this is, I'm not going to meet my internal companion this way. And then somebody finds out that you're partying and then the, the word gets back to your mom and dad and the oh community my back God. home. It's like, Tov, the yeah. RM, like you, you, you had this wonderful mission and now you're throwing it all away. Yeah. And so the guilt goes back and forth. And so then it was like, okay, 
I need to get myself, you know, get, get, get things together. So right by chance, I just kind of like started dating a girl. It didn't like really start, it started out casually. Yeah. And then slowly I just kind of quit hanging out with my party buddies and I was hanging out with her more. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, Oh, like maybe and we started like becoming really close and talking about marriage a little bit, but you know, I had the past with drinking and, and I, I'd had sex. So it yeah. was like, you know, I, I'd been fooling around a little bit and then we started fooling around. Mm. She wasn't into the party scene, but we started yeah. fooling around and then it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Like you got to yeah. get married in the temple if you're going to get exactly. married. Exactly. Oh but my now God. We've, we've crossed that, that boundary. And so now how do you, how, how are we supposed to be with somebody yep. that you have this physical attraction to. Mm -hmm. And now I, I, I have to like back off. Right. I, it just didn't, so it just didn't work out. So that yeah. relationship kind of ended ugly. Mm. And yeah. And <laughs> so, I mean, it's, yeah, my two years, the two years after my mission were just all over the place, but mm -hmm. there was that one period, there was a period where it was kind of like I was enjoying life. But yeah. the other part times it was just like, I just wasn't really figuring it out. So yeah. I moved home, decided just, I'm just going to quit going to college. Yeah. I'm going to move home. I'm going to get, get, get my life together. Yep. But as soon as I tried to go back out on my own, kind of the same thing happened. It was like, I, I couldn't like, it was like, it was almost like, I felt like I needed someone to kind of keep me in line as far as like going to church and kind of someone to kind of like push me yeah, and keep me like in check. Because as soon as I'm on my own, it's like, if I don't want to go, I'm just not going to go. If yeah. I don't want to do this or that. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure in, in the religion. So I can relate to you on everything <laughs> you're saying because yeah, it's, and I, you know, we were talking about this before because you know, in high school, I dated a guy that was an LDS and we weren't super active growing up. It was just back and forth. We talked about it. Right. Yeah. And then my mom mentioned, oh, hey, don't you want to get married in the temple? And it's like, oh, OK, well, I guess I do. So then I broke up with him because that's what you do. You got to get married in the temple because that's what we're taught. Right. And so there was always this back and forth with me, too, because I had a drinking phase. I didn't even start drinking until I was 22, actually. So, and I was in that same spot, like, oh, I drank, I'm bad now. Oh, I had sex, I'm bad. So it's, it's like this back and forth, it was going against my natural, like, instincts of what Micah wanted to do. You know, I, it was, it was tough. It was really hard being in that position. Well, and that's when you bring up not really being into the church, like, I didn't really grow up in a strict religious home. Yeah, yeah. We went to church on Sunday. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the aspect of scouting. My dad loved scouting, um, just the kind of the youth when I was, I had good youth leaders. So mm -hmm. it was like, I never felt the religious dogma yeah. growing up as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And now, and I think a lot of it is the culture puts an expectation on a return missionary and in turn, Ooh. I put that on myself. Exactly. And so I, when I couldn't really live up to that and I couldn't figure out why, I just assumed something was wrong with me mm. and, and that I needed somebody to like, kind of like take me by the hand because I couldn't do it on my, on my own. Yeah. 
and everybody would say, well, you need to like, like put it in God's hand or did I'm like, ah, I just, no, I need to, I like literally need someone to help me out. And so yeah. that's kind of what happened. So, so I was, I got married at age 27 and I, I had, I had gone a year on my own, like mm-hmm. I'd cleaned up my life and like, as far as as far as the LDS standards go. Like, well, yeah, exactly. You know, I was on, I was living their standards on my own for a year. Yeah. And like, not that I was like, you know, perfect or anything, but mm-hmm. I was like not drinking, not having sex. Like, and <laughs> I, I meet my ex-wife mm. and she had just gotten home from a mission. She, oh, she's wow. younger than me, yeah. but she had went on a mission and the, the, we made the connection because uh, we went to the same high school. She is is younger, so I think she would have been in junior high when I was graduating. Oh, crazy! Uh, there's a four year age difference. Okay. Yeah, she was 23, 24. I was 27, 28 when we got married. Which, by the way, for listeners that aren't in Utah, you know the Mormons in Utah, getting married at 27 that's pretty normal for people outside of, outside Utah. of Utah. For people in Utah, it's right when you get home from your mission, that's when you get married, like 21 years old, you're, that's, you should be married by then. So, and, and if you're yeah. a, a young woman, you should be getting married at like 19. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's just what they say. So yeah. That's, mm-hmm. You know, start having a family then and yeah, you'll be blessed. Exactly. And when you're not at that age, then you think something is wrong with you. Right. Because, cause I didn't get married till I was 24. And I always thought something was wrong with me yeah. too. I was like, why haven't I found my person? Yeah. Like, I just need to return missionary to like get married to. And like, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Uh, and that's, that's what I thought. And so I yeah. would always, I would always go back to the, the story I told myself during my twenties and it, even in my thirties mm-hmm. up until I would say, I've been aware of that story for the last few years and trying not to tell myself the story anymore is I based success in relationships, mm. in money, Ooh. in everything was based off of my commitment, my worthiness to the religion. So wow. if you're not familiar with religion, the end goal is to go to the temple, to be to receive your endowment, make covenants, and be sealed to your your spouse, to have an uh, eternal companion and this is the this is like the disneyland fairy tale yep the mormon fairy tale is you can be with the, this person forever mm-hmm. and so they that's what they sell you on and so i was like well maybe i'm not finding her or she's not finding me because i'm not worthy mm-hmm. and then maybe yes. i'm not doing well in school mm-hmm. or i'm not doing well like when i was married mm-hmm. so so like I said, I, I, I we'll go back to the marriage. I get married and like life's wonderful. Like when I was dating my ex-wife, like mm-hmm. I was on cloud nine. Well, of I, course. I had never felt that good since since high school. So right. it had been almost almost 10 years, eight years. Yeah. And okay, hold up, guys. Let's just talk about this real quick. So, holy mother of love, guess what I did this year? Now, if you guys are an active listener on all my episodes, you've probably heard this. Or if you follow me on social media, 
again, you probably know this, but if you're new to this, I am, I had an opportunity this year to become an author in a women's book. The women's book is called Unstoppable Women Overcoming Mediocrity. Now there's about 15 of us authors in this book. We each get to share a part of our story and I share some really intimate things that have happened in my life that really just it was mainly an awakening to my journey, right? From losing my mom at a young age to getting divorced and getting the rug pulled from underneath me and not knowing how I was going to get out of this depressed state and not knowing what I was going to do with three kids. And I share all my ups and downs and I share how I got out of it and the tools that I use every day now and what has helped me. And if it speaks to you, I actually have a link in the description here and you can go and pre-order the book. I'm not charging shipping for anyone that pre-orders the book and it's $19.95. You can also get the paperback or ebook for $25 and you guys get to, I'll sign it. I'll sign the book and send it out to you. And it's seriously so amazing. I feel so honored that I'm going to be a published author. Um, and I, I just cannot even freaking wait for these books to come out and they'll be shipping out um, in November at some point. So if it speaks to you again, go, go in my description and click on the link and you can pre-order your book. I love you all. So it had been seven years since I had had felt like a lot of happiness and just like, mm -hmm. you know, not, I wasn't worried about, you know, what my worthiness standard was, you know, I, I felt good with myself. Yeah. I was falling in love with this girl and it was like, finally, like I hit the jackpot. It was just mm -hmm. like, this is meant to be. And we had dated over the, the summer of 2008 and I was like sexually like <laughs> ramped up. I mean, it was well, like, yeah, who wouldn't be? You know, yeah. you're making out with somebody that you're yes. in love with. And it's like, I've had sex before. So I'm like yeah. ready to strip her clothes off and go to town. <laughs> like I'm like ready to get down. And she's like, she's yeah. only made out. She's never, she's never gone to right. gone that far. And so it's like, yeah, which was in, in, the, in hindsight, was bad but at the time it was like okay this is okay because we don't want to mess up right you know? which by the way people who are not mormons you don't have sex before marriage and i think a lot of religions are like that you know what i mean a lot of them are yeah it's, but it's pretty common it's that, pretty common it know, is but it, it's also common outside of utah culture and utah mormon culture to mm -hmm. if that happens it's not the end of the world it's kind of like right i feel like my experience, it was like, kind of like the end of the world. I had to, so I, I guess to give some backstory, I had to go through a disciplinary council. Okay. So what does that mean for people who don't? So yeah. if you're, you know, if most people are probably familiar with confession, mm -hmm. we practice the same, same thing. Like if yep. you, instead of confessing to the priest, you confess to your bishop. Mm -hmm in a, in his office, kind of have a conversation about, you know, what's going on in your life. What, you know, there's certain 
there's certain requirements to enter a temple. And so to, if you can't pass those requirements, that interview, yeah, you have to confess, well, you know, this yeah. is, this is what I did. This is why I'm not worthy. And so, because in, in Mormon standards, I was worthy before I met my ex-wife and while we were dating, it was like, so now it's like, well, we need to get married in my mind. Like I gotta get married. Like, yes. She's the one, like, I don't need to wait a year. Like, yeah. And it's like, and it's not like I just wanted to have sex. I mean, I was, I thought she was the one oh. I was going to spend my life with. Like mm-hmm. we had, we had great times outside of the bedroom. I mean, we would do everything together. Like yeah. that's, it was like, I wanted to be with her every day. And like, that was very, I'd say it was kind of rare for me because I'm a, an introvert and I like my space. But with her, I was like, I can wait to see her every day. Aww, so I'm like, yeah. This is like, I'm ready for this. Like I'm 27. Like I had just gone back to college. So I'd taken the break. I Two weeks down to St. George, we get into it and she leaves. She's, she's ready to call it quits. Really? And, and we'd had some, you know, typical like marriage struggles, but mm. she's out. And so. Okay. And where were you at this point religion wise? Like where were you at? Like, I was struggling. Okay. So I was, I was like, I was struggling with religion because I guess I don't want to blame it on this, but she had a miscarriage, Oh, but okay. it was, I can relate to that. Yeah. But it was, we knew the sex. We went in to sure. find the sex of the baby and there was no heartbeat. Whoa. Okay. So yeah. was that 10 weeks or 18? Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit found out it was a boy Aww. so it, it it tore me up but i didn't know how to mm. deal with it well yeah like it and it it tore her up too because obviously mm. and so we oh, i wasn't okay. even gonna go here <laughs> this is where we're going yeah. you're okay you're good and so we named him kaden kaden okay. christopher yeah so so my given name's christopher but i go by toe okay or yeah. Um, and he's buried in the Provo Cemetery. And so I would say, oh. I mean, I'd, I'd question religion, but that was a hard one. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, why? Like, I didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to blame God or like, you know, but it, it just there was just certain things about the church. Like she had some blessings, some priesthood blessings and kind of went back. Like maybe I'm not worthy to mm. give those blessings. Wow. So it's like you put all this pressure cause you're just constantly trying to be worthy. Mm-hmm. You're trying to live up to this standard. That's impossible. Yeah. You, you can't live up to it even though, some people manage it better than others, but I just, that that's where I struggled because I'm very I'm a perfectionist and I'm very organized and structured. So if things are not in line, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not right. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was just, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd struggle with church, but it was just like, you know, and so I would struggle with like just getting depressed like if certain things would happen it's like well here we go again like what did mm, i do wrong yeah and but then i would always want to try to like play the victim and try to put put it on something else 
Yeah. And so it's just, you're all over the place. So yeah, that, that was our first separation. And I kind of yeah. like, I mean, I didn't know what to do. Like she's gone. I didn't like my job. I'm, I'm working in St. George. This is summertime. If you've been to St. George in the summer, it's hot. It's hot. I'm working construction outside. Yeah. And as a carpenter, we're doing, we, we're built, doing a uh, commercial building. So we're doing all the footings, the foundation, the wall, the, the deck pours for each floor. And so we're doing like concrete work. And I would yeah, work w- once we started doing these deck pours, I would go in Monday through Thursday from mm-hmm. we'd start at six and work till two thirty. Yeah. And then on Friday we'd co- turn around. No, so Thursday night we'd go home, take a nap, come back at eleven thirty, because concrete trucks are coming at twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. And then we're straight pouring concrete for eight hours. Dang. And I mean, it's night, but all the moisture and the concrete, it's still hot in, yeah. in the evening you'd be soaking wet mm-hmm. from all the humidity. Yeah. But I mean, it was just, I basically, I would work, come home, drink some beers, go to sleep, work. And it was just, just like, this repetitive. just this repetitive, like, what am I going to do? Like, cause yeah. I wasn't going to church. I was like, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to go to the, you know, I'm not going to go to church by myself. Like I wasn't that invested at that time. Mm, yeah. And so she comes back and you know we work things out we start going to counseling our bishop mm. happened to be a counselor by by profession oh, so he wow. offered us counseling marriage counseling oh really and so i was like i was like at the point where i like, i'll do whatever i was I, yeah, I like would whatever try, it takes i would try medication because i'm like wow and the conversation always came back to like the church and god and so i just at the time i didn't know how i was going to get better unless I believed in the religion, believed in God, because I, I didn't know if yeah. I did or not. Right, because you were questioning. To. Yeah, you're questioning it, right? Exactly. I mean, questioning it hard, but I didn't know like yeah. how to find answers. It was just kind of like back, this back and forth. Like Ugh. I'd have good days, good weeks, really bad days, really yeah. bad weeks, and I just I was I was a shitty husband. Like I wasn't. I I guess. I, I tried to be a good husband. There was a yeah. lot of days where I was just like, I just didn't know how to deal with, I didn't know how to balance well, it. All. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look back to my marriage and I'm like, oh my hell, I could have done things so differently, but it served a purpose and it was great. And I learned a lot, but we're never perfect. That's what we, you know, that's the beauty in all of this is we learn so much well, from it, each relationship. To make it even more interesting. Yeah. When she came back, I got laid off. Oh shit! <laughs> I got laid off from my like, job. This is great. This is lovely. <laughs> and then she, we find out she's pregnant. Oh. So shit. for six months, I'm laid off, and like, I'm like, what am I doing in life? Like, I'm like mm. searching for my purpose, like trying to figure it all out, and it just, you know, I ended up getting into another construction job just because I was like, I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And same thing. It was like I didn't hate my job, but I didn't love it, and so it was just like not I kind of bring homework with me in the fact that it just if I had like a long hard day I just came mm. home and I didn't want to play with the kids I didn't want to like just want to sit on the couch and like go to sleep yeah you know and it was just like just back and forth so we have our second yeah. child and mm-hmm. not too a few months after that we get mm. separated again she leaves mm. again and 
we patch things up. Same thing. We're, it's the same thing. The same bishop's thing. there the whole time. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Going to therapy. And it's just like, we're just, it's just not like, I feel like I'm trying. She doesn't feel like I'm trying. And yeah. it's just this back and forth fight. Like we're both blaming each other. Like, right. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. We both have problems. Yeah. And I just didn't know how to fix my problems. It was just like, I just convinced myself it was, I was, yeah. I was fucked up. I was broken. Something was wrong with me. Mm. And so the, when we decided to get a divorce, I just finally said, that's, that's, yeah. that's better. You know, it was like, I didn't really want it, but I didn't want to fight it anymore. And I just decided, maybe I just need to let you go and you'll be happier. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Yeah. And I struggled like my the first two years after my divorce, like I, it was like a dog off of a leash. Like I just went on this like mm. serial dating rampage. Like I yeah. wanted to hook up with every girl that I could <laughs> hook up with. And I wanted to not necessarily party, but just like, I just wanted to check out. I wanted yeah. to just. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And, I, and after two years and I had three different girlfriends one that I actually moved in with mm. and it was just, everything was the same scenario. It was just like, everything mm. was just a mess. And I'm like, this, yeah. I'm just something's like, I, I basically hit the lowest of low. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so long story short, this is where the awakening yeah. really comes in because I had finally just, I had enough. Yeah. I, like I was at this low point. It's like, what do I do now? Yeah. And I think everyone hits a low point. Everyone hits a point where they're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, and everybody hits a point like that. And that's where you should start asking questions. I mean, even before then, but you know what I mean? Like, that's where you started doing that. And I'd hit this, I'd hit a low point before in my mid twenties, you know, like about a year before I met my ex-wife, but it was a different low because I was still... I still was thinking the church was going to be the answer. And it, and even when I was hitting this low point, yeah. Um, so my grandma passed away. Aww. And it was kind of like, I don't know, funerals just kind of, they, 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 you reflect yeah. on your, your own life. Yep. You miss the person. Yeah. But then you reflect on your own life. Mm-hmm. So here I am like, a fucking mess like mm. and so it's like okay like i'm gonna go back calling on the church right <laughs> like <laughs> like, fucking like yeah and so and and at the same time i was like i was always you know i was like did i like change my direction in life out of fear or you know i had this passion for you know weightlifting and fitness and so i'm like you know what like I'm going to try to, and I, I kind of tried to do this when I was married, but she, my ex-wife wasn't very into me going to the gym. That's oh, really? A, that's a whole nother story. But like, really? Interesting. Yeah, like, okay. And it was, cause it was like a lot of people, there's a stereotype, like you're going to the gym because you're trying oh to my God. find somebody or look a certain I, way. Literally. It's so funny how everyone stereotypes everybody for things. And it's like, nothing means anything but the meaning you put on it. So yeah. you're going to the gym to get healthy for your mental and physical being. That's all it is. That's all it means. Exactly. <laughs> People, it's like, 
That's so funny and that's to me. What, what hap- that's, that was what I, oh. I didn't realize it when I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. But it, finally it like dawned on me. The reason why I like the gym is because if I can go in and just like put my headphones on and go lift heavy weights yeah. and just like challenge myself, like mm-hmm. work up a sweat, I leave and I'm like, oh, like I feel relieved. I feel relieved. Yes. I feel like I, it relaxes me. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Like I started like looking into like the body, the mind, the spirit, mm. and thinking like, I want to create some kind of a brand based off of that. And it's like, you know, how it can tie into the church. Like, mm. cause I felt like there was just something about the physical aspect of the church. They, they have a, they have a law of health, but it's more of like what you can't, mm. <laughs> you can't drink alcohol, can't drink coffee, yeah, can't smoke. It's more of the don'ts versus the do's. And I'm like, you know what? It needs to be more focused on the do's. Yep. And and so I, I'm like, I want to build this brand. And so I start like thinking, well, I'm going to use social media. Like, I'm just going to share like my passion for this and see where it goes. Right. And it, I didn't know what I was doing. And in the process, I start trying to build a network on social oh, media. Okay. So as I'm building a network... I'm starting to like see like, oh, like people are actually lit, thriving and they're successful outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Here in Utah, outside of the church. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And I'm seeing men yeah. that are, they've gone through hell and back. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're like becoming spiritual. I'm like, yes. And so I start looking, I start watching motivational videos on YouTube and like Tony Robbins. Oh, I love Tony um, Robbins. Yes. Oh, who's the other? He's, he's, a he's a black guy. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, it, it might come to me, but anyway, Tony to Robbins. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, just different successful people like compile these videos and I'm like, oh, like I love, like, this is what I need. It was like. Start getting into personal development, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, so you can like develop yourself and become like mentally strong, physically strong, and spiritually strong without the religious aspect." Yes, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "So I slowly started waking up, and then mm-hmm. um, I, I start. I found Joe Rogan's podcast, mm-hmm. and all I knew about Joe Rogan." was he had sleeves, tat- tattoos. Yeah, yeah. And he was in the UFC. And all of a sudden, he, he he's getting emotional on a podcast. And I'm mm. like, I thought that was not cool, like mm. for a man to show his emotion. Yeah. But now I was like, oh, this guy's like, he, he's enlightened. Yeah. He's got a kind art. He says fuck. Yeah. He talks about, banging chicks but at the same time he's married he's a father and he's a good dude he's a good human being mm-hmm. like oh so it's okay like i can i can think about things that men think about i can say what i really want to say but i can still be a spiritual person i can still be a kind hearted person it was like i just started waking up and yeah. so then I've still got this religious conflict because in the back of my head, I'm like, I got, I got to, I still, I need to meet my 
I, I didn't meet my eternal companion apparently because she divorced me. Mm. Our our marriage in the temple was canceled because she got remarried and resealed. Oh, really? Which okay. that kind of like yeah. caused me to question too. Like in, in the Mormon culture, and especially people that have left the church, yeah, they re- refer to the shelf. Mm. You have experiences in life that cause you to doubt the religion, but you're not supposed to doubt it. You're supposed mm-hmm. to just have faith and trust. Just trust it all. Yep. So you put it up on the shelf. Mm. Well, my shelf was fucking heavy. You're like, oh my God. And my shelf had came down. Like yeah. before it was like my shelf had came down and I kept trying to rebuild it. And it was just like, it was exhausting. Like yeah. rebuilding it and like putting everything back there. And it was just like, and I was just at the point where it was just like, I, I just want to know. I just want to know the truth. Like yeah. what I just want the truth because I'm seeing people that are leaving the church. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing people that are thriving outside. And it's like, so I I dive in. You know, I'm listening to Rogan's podcast. And, and, and interestingly enough, he brings up Mormons occasionally, not mm. like specifically, but you know, he knows yeah. he, he likes Utah. He comes he comes uh, hunting here. Oh, he does? So he's oh, a that's cool. He's a big uh, bow hunter, elk hunter, which oh, okay. I that's something I I don't bow hunt, but I I grew up hunting. I, okay. We, me and my dad and my brother, we put in for the hunts oh, every fun. year. We didn't yeah. draw out this year because it's it's all different now. Like you can't just go to the store and buy a tag. You have to put in for a draw, mm. and if you draw out, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. And there's special hunts that cost. You know, if you have a lot of money, you can pretty oh. much hunt wherever you want if you want to pay the price. But interesting. Anyway, so it's yeah. like you know. I'm seeing all this unfold in front of my eyes and it's like, but it, I need, I need more confirmation. It's like, so I, I just, ah, you know, I decided, you know what, like I've been trying, I, I don't, I'm not going to date anymore. I'm not like, I'm, I'm kind of questioning the church. It's kind of like affecting relationships with my family. My friends are like, why are you questioning this? It's true. Like, don't like, don't look into that stuff. Like it's going to mess you up. You know, it's so interesting <laughs> how human beings, we get this like, or we get this, like how you were saying, like all these things, like, oh, maybe I should question it. Maybe I shouldn't. But then people are telling you otherwise. And we go against our own like beliefs or our own like polls, right? We get uh, these ideas planted from. Yes, we get ideas. Yes, yes. Thank you. Keep going. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. And and everybody is going to have different ideas based on their Mm -hmm. upbringing. Yep. And it's no fault to anyone like it's not no fault to my parents it's no fault to friends or any it's just that's just how it is yeah you get ideas implanted and i mean it goes deeper than just like you have culture that you're brought up in but Mm -hmm. you have society across the entire country yeah i mean there's just there's so many mixed messages and constantly yes (laughs) you just yes your soul you're sold things on TV yes. and in movies and in religion. And you're like trying to make it all fit. And yes. It's, like, it's it so confusing. Same. It drove. And so, I was Oh like, my God. So for me being, I don't know, I'm a very good mix of like into intuition and logic, but my logic brain dominates a lot. Like mm. I have a hard time just letting go and like just allowing my intuition to let things so my logical brain's like, all right, we're going to dive in. We're yeah. going to start reading books. We're going to look into the church's history. Mm. We're, you know, there's certain 
books and material information podcasts and i just i just start like becoming kind of obsessed with mm -hmm. mormon history yeah you know joseph smith and that whole story brigham young how like i just made this timeline and i was like trying to like connect all the dots um yeah you know i'd, I'd worked with a polygamist in, in during oh. my you know uh during i'd been divorced and i was living in my hometown for a little while okay and so like i just kind of started becoming more aware of like there's mainstream mormonism kind of like the salt lake city it's it's centered here because of brigham young mm -hmm. but there's a lot of branches mm -hmm. you know off of mormonism through polygamy you know it was like can't practice polygamy so people are going to rebel every time there's a, a movement yeah. to conform with society yeah. that's why i started noticing with the church it was like oh like every time like there's some kind of like human rights movement or some kind of threat by the government they kind of try to fit into society and change their mm. ways they try to call it revelation but is it really revelation yeah and i just came to the conclusion where i was like you know what i just don't believe this is and they claim which i know other religions claim this too but they claim yeah. it's the true church it's the only church that's guided by a prophet and it's a, guided by the true prophet yeah and if you're going to be saved you know if you want a celestial glory you've got to <gasps> mark oh, those oh <laughs> my gosh yes check off those boxes and get married in the temple mm -hmm. have your family and then if even if this life is complete shit you don't enjoy this life at all you're it's going to be better right it's kind of like the, yep it kind of like sells you this well yeah life can be shitty but just just yeah put your head down don't question don't question anything you, never you, question anything you know, you'll be you'll be fine and you'll I, be happy yep. and i i start coming to the conclusion myself because now i'm looking at both sides of the story mm. i'm looking at the narrative that the church teaches mm. i'm looking at the narrative that is not fully they're not fully transparent about because there are truths that are I don't know if you would call it hidden or just it's a conversation they don't want to bring up. Right. There's the ugly parts of the history. Like everybody has ugly parts of their past. Of course. Yeah. And so I just, I came to the conclusion. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with religion. And mm. a part of me still wanted to try to figure out how to make really? it work. Even though yeah. I didn't believe it anymore. I was like, cause I, there's an aspect to the community and the culture that yeah. that's appealing. And, and that's what I experienced as a teenager. I didn't really experience it after my mission, even when I was married, I never really fit like we fit in our ward community, mm. but you know, at the same time, I'm a single guy and like there's single wards, like Utah is heavily populated. So I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, to find community. Yep. But at the end of the day, I was like, I want to be authentic. Yep. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just done. Yeah, I, I asked to have my name removed. I didn't want to be associated so, with any. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I went the full nine yards. So like, full, full throttle, throttle. Like this was in two thousand. Yeah. Okay, so you had your name removed and everything. I haven't done that, <laughs> by the way. I haven't gone as in depth as yeah. you have gone. And there's no. Yeah. It's not that. I I think the reason why I finally did it. I had to, I had to get the divorce. 
<laughs> I had to make it official because I felt like I had gone back and forth yeah. so many times in my life. Well, yeah. That it was always there. So it was kind of like, it was like an ex. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, as soon as I leave, like, yeah, it's, a, it's the ex that you can go back to. And it's always like, <laughs> she's always kind of winking at you, wet, like, yeah, you can come back yep. whenever you want. Mm. And so it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I just got to end this officially because it's just, it's just not, it, it's never worked out. Right. I am 37 years old. Yeah. My upbringing was great. I miss the community, but it's not me. Yeah, that's how I, I feel too. I was trying so hard to be authentic. Like I just wanted to be authentic and real. And I I had so much pushback from family and friends and 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 not no resentment or well, or hate towards them. Like yeah, yeah it, it hurt, but at the same time it's like I understand. Mm-hmm. Like I don't hold any grudges. I have a better relationship with my parents now and my family really and it's just because i finally just was like this is this is me mm-hmm. and i you you respect me and i'll respect you yeah which is- they're very active yeah. you know my dad was a bishop at the time i was going through all this and so i mean i can see why it's hard yeah you know and i've got a brother solid dude yeah. Always has been active. He's never strayed. Yeah. And it was like, I kind of envied that. Cause I'm like, why well, can't I just, but it's, I, I came to the conclusion. It's just not me. Yeah. Like I have to be me. Like, yep. and, and for some reason the church was holding me back from being my true self. Yeah. And so it was like, so that's really like, you know, when I talk about being enlightened an awakening like mm-hmm. this is my experience of being being enlightened yeah like, for the first time in my life i was like had all this pressure yeah off like the shelf i <laughs> I, I i just cleaned it up like it was on the Good. floor and i just cleaned it up yeah and and i didn't put it back up I was like i'm gonna build mm-hmm. a new shelf i'm gonna put a bunch of good stuff on there right but, yeah know, i'm gonna start now now it's time to really start diving into me like mm-hmm. what do i want like how like yeah. you know I, what do i want in life like mm-hmm. you know you talk about clarity and like getting clear it's it's hard i it's so hard I, i've been trying for i would say from 2016 to today yeah like that's it's been a long process mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of it because of being stubborn and like knowing like you need to do certain things and just not doing them and just, but yeah. it's a, it's everybody's process experience is different, but I know I'm moving forward. So, so after I leave the church, it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. So I just keep, keep learning. That's like, okay, like I don't need to like go into the church history anymore. I, I figured that out. So let's start learning about new stuff mm-hmm. and you know, let's dive, let's dive deeper into this and yeah. just some more like in-depth personal development. But at the same time, it just like that over the like course of a year or two years, it was like, mm-hmm. I just still felt like I'm just listening to all this stuff. And I'm not, I'm not really, I'm trying, I'm, and I'm hard on myself, so it's like I feel I Which probably was isn't? I probably was going g- yeah. 
getting further along than I thought. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, you know, I look at my bank account and I look at certain things and I'm, I'm you know, I'm this divorced guy that's still sharing a, yeah. a condo with a couple other guys because I can't yeah. afford to, you know, I, I'm not in this position to like have my own place right now. You know, I racked up some debt during my yeah. divorce and, you know, I mean, I was really, really, I, I, yeah. I had my head underwater for a good four years. Mm. I would say the last two years, it was finally like, and it kind of like fell in with me leaving the church. It was like, all of a sudden I realized, oh, I can be, I can start becoming successful. I don't need the church. It's yeah. all on me. I started really, I started taking responsibility. Yeah. And accountability. And it's like, if, if things aren't going right, it's just because of me. Mm -hmm. And so things did start changing. Like my bank account started changing. Like, yeah. you know, my perception on my reality, it started changing. And it's like, the, the hard thing is it's like, you always want more. Yeah. So it's hard to be satisfied. But at the same time, it's like trying to find that, that balance of being, being content, but not comfortable. Right. It's really easy. And I catch myself getting comfortable. It's like things will start moving along. It's like, okay, kind of comfortable. But then I'm like, man, like I can't do that. Got it. Like, and so it's, it's yeah. a constant battle and a constant process. But at the same time, that's what's led me to today. So 2020 mm -hmm. has been, I mean, it, Holy it's a wild shit. year, right? Yes. It is insane. not, it's like the, it's like the best worst fucking year of my life. Right. It's been so awesome. Yep. And so bad. Like mm -hmm. I, it's so, I have so many mixed emotions about 2020. Yeah. You know, I remember during the holidays and, and I, I had done pretty good as far as like, not getting lonely during the holidays, but mm -hmm. in, in this last year, like yeah. for some reason, Thanksgiving through Christmas, like I was just down. Like I was mm. like depressed. Like I was like super lonely and it was like, I don't know. I just was like, but it was like, I don't know. For some reason I felt like, like something, there was something coming. Like you just got to like get your shit together, like weather the storm because something good is coming. Mm, interesting and like yeah well then what happens i get super sick on my birthday so my birthday's in january okay so i'm like you know everybody starts out the year and they're like oh yeah. i've got all these new year's resolutions which yeah are kind of stupid but we all we all have that thought because yeah. it's a new beginning right mm -hmm. i get sick on my birthday but but things at my job are going well like i'm getting a promotion at work but then i get sick on my birthday and it's like you know, I bought a snowboard and so I'm like, you know, I used to snowboard when I was younger and yeah. like, I, I just want to start doing like things that I used to do before, but I told myself I couldn't afford because, mm. you know, so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy a snowboard. And like, I, so I started like going, uh, I went a couple times in January Yeah. and it was like, oh, this is so good. You like get back out on the slopes and like be in the mountains. Mm -hmm. I went a couple times in February and I'm like, ah, oh, I got it. I, I bought a boat when I was in my mid twenties and I've okay. always loved the water, but I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not going to go that route again. Right. It was like, it was a fun experience. Yeah. But being a boat owner is not all it's cracked up to be. Right. Oh, I hear. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm yeah. going to buy a paddle board or I'm just like, I was like, I'm going to do some more stuff like outdoors yeah. and get my element. Like, like I said, me and my, my dad and my brother, like, you know, 
before my grandpa passed away, he was part of it too. So it was kind of like a family event to go hunting oh, every fall. Cute. Yeah. Obviously you don't know if you're going to draw out or not, but mm-hmm. you know, so I'm like, hopefully we can draw out. Like, so I'm like planning this whole year out, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I'd had a bad relationship with my ex-wife. Like we went back to, Ooh, really? Oh, and I don't want to get into that too much because like, well, yeah, disrespect for her privacy, but it got bad. It, it got ugly. Yeah. To where we had to go back to mediation. You know, oh, I shit. was, you know, not seeing my kids as much and like, but now things are great. Like I'm seeing my kids regular. Right. Good. I live, in, I live in Pleasant Grove, Utah. She's yeah. living in Pleasant Grove, Utah with her nice. husband. And it's like, you know, I love seeing my kids. I'm yeah. picking them up every week for like a little daddy daughter. Oh, cute. Uh, night. And I, this is like, a, this has been a consistent thing for a few years. And so like, okay. you know, things are just kind of rolling. Like, and you know, so, so I get, <laughs> I get sick. Then my, I, I was driving a, uh, 1999 uh, why do i get emotional about stupid shit no a 99 gmc yukon that my okay. parents bought brand new okay. after right before i went on my mission mm. and it was like at the time it was like decked out i mean it had all the options you could get in 99 mm-hmm. leather seats automatic everything like yeah. it was like top of the line suv nice they I was driving a Jeep Wrangler when I got married and, mm. and it, it was my dad's. I drove it in high school. Mm-hmm. My brother drove it in high school. I drove it in college. Oh, and so then, there's a lot of, so, and yeah. And then I'm still driving it. Mm-hmm. Well, now that I'm have kids, it's not really practical. Right. So my mom's like, she was, they, the, <laughs> this Yukon was just sitting. Nobody was using it. They didn't, my dad, my dad is a very, he holds on to like vehicles, which is cool because he yeah. has a, he has a 79 Chevy that I learned how to drive in stick shift and everything. Yeah. Completely restored sitting in the garage. So it, the title has my name and his name on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's sentimental value in like the experience. Yeah. It's not so much the truck. It's mm-hmm. the experiences in the truck Absolutely. so here i've got i'm i'm like it's this 99 i mean i i kept it in good shape but it, it breaks down on me transmission goes out and so i'm like i was not it was like i was hoping i could go another three years because i was like i just i don't know i'm not a material guy like mm-hmm. i just like yeah like new is nice but there was just like it was fine. It, it got me where I needed to go. Yeah. So it, it breaks down. So I'm like, what do I do now? Do I buy a new car? Do right. I, you know, buy a used car? And it was mm-hmm. like, it, it was stressful because I was having a lot of issues with it. Just mm-hmm. minor stuff that I could usually fix or I didn't have to pay too much to have fixed, but just little things here and there to where it was like, you know what? It's, it's time. It had over 200,000 miles and it was like, it, it, it did its job. And so, yeah. I, you know, had to go out and lease a new car, but it was like, it wasn't in the budget. It wasn't planned. And here I'm trying yeah. to like pay off these debts, right? get my life to where like I can have my own place to have a room for my girls. And it's like, now you've thrown this. So it was like, but what's interesting is it's like, from my experience, it was like, instead of like getting like completely down or like blaming it on whatever, it's like, well, now you just need to step mm-hmm. up. Like, mm-hmm. 
but the attitude that I had, it like things came, things started working out. And I was yeah, like, good. Oh, like, you know, it, it all worked out for me. And, you know, I, I'm leasing a, a vehicle and whatnot. And it's not any, like, I've always, I've always dreamed of like having a big truck, but it's like that wasn't feasible. And it was like, it's not really practical. And so I was like, whatever. I just need something yeah. to get me to work, to have easy for my girls to ride in. Yeah. When I pick them up. And so like these things are happening and then COVID hits. Holy shit. COVID hits. It's like January trial, shit February, hits the fan. COVID hits. And I was Fucking like crazy. Dude. And I didn't like, it was weird because I had this, like, there was a calmness to me about it. Like everybody was freaking out buying toilet paper. I know. Buying shit off the I shelves. bought into it for a minute. And I'm like going through my, my, uh, I'm a gun owner, so I'm like looking through my my ammo. I'm like, shit. Do I have enough? You know, thirty yes. six rounds. Do I have enough forty caliber rounds? I got yes. a, I got a hunting rifle. I got a forty caliber pistol. Dang. I've got an AR fifteen, and I've got a shotgun. So I'm like, do I have enough? Because I was like, if I'm like at the point where I'm literally going to the store, and I'm like, shit, I might have to go. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a sportsman, so I'm not going to poach an animal. But if shit gets real, like, oh. Yeah. I'll go shoot an animal if I have. If I'm gonna starve, like I'm sorry, like I'll get. I'll. Sh- I'm coming with you. I'll, if something you know happens, what I mean? like that's that was where my mind was going. Yeah, but well, I was of course. like, so so I was like more, more concerned about like that aspect. Yeah, I was like, shit. I guess I should probably grab some toilet paper. Or yeah, grab some food that's gonna stupid. like yeah preserve on the shelf or in the freezer. Yeah, but I wasn't too concerned, and and I saw everybody freaking out, and I was like, should I be concerned? I know, huh? Because I was like, I kind of feel, like, feel like it's going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. and I can remember when they decided to just have the little temporary shutdown to kind of like lock things down. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, they're just, they don't know how to handle this. This is a new, like, because yeah. I'm convinced that this is a mm-hmm. manufactured virus. And so I'm oh, like. Oh, it is. Yes. And I'm just like, but at the same time, I want to know like the truth. Like I'm things are just not adding up. So I'm a, I'm a. I don't know if I would say I'm a diehard jazz fan now, but I was a diehard jazz fan. So yeah. I remember the moment I, when they, when the two players, when Donovan Mitchell That's and Rudy Gobert right. tested positive, I was listening to the game on the radio. I just dropped off my kids and yeah. I'm listening to the game. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. They have it. And then when they shut Did the Did they game, really though? That's see, what I'm like. That's- Cause here's the deal. I had a, somebody I know that worked in the hospital She's like, there's something weird about this thing because all the jazz players are in the, all the rooms. She's all, it doesn't line up. Something doesn't add up. She shared a few other things with me. And I'm just like, wait, what? And I think, was it for real? Did they really have it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm skeptical of it. But well, that was my first thought. I'm like, yeah. this just, something's off. And something's I, off. Because I'm a sports fan and yeah. I'm kind of, I try to follow politics a little bit. I knew that there was some some issues with China mm-hmm. and a an owner from an NBA team from the Houston Rockets. He there was a controversial tweet like back in the fall. There were some protests going on in Hong Kong. Oh my! And God. so I'm like thinking, oh, like NBA, they're actually China. They don't need the they don't need the viewership or the ticket sales and. United States, as long as they have their viewership in China, because oh, interesting, it's big time. And so I'm thinking, 
that's where I started like asking questions. And I'm like, this just seems off. And when they literally shut it down, yeah, I was either like, A, this is super serious, or B, this is bullshit. Same here. Yeah. And then they shut down March, like the the NCAA March Madness, which I'm not a huge college basketball fan. I'm a huge college football fan. Mm. But basketball, I love March Madness. That's about the only time I watch it just because it's very entertaining. Like yeah. a lot of upsets and it's like they're that no more. Like I'm like sports are they they drive so this country. Insane, yes. Like and so I'm like this like what what's going on? So yeah. I'm asking all these questions. Like instead of freaking out, I I'm like same thing with religion. It was yeah. kind of the same thing. It was like I start yeah. seeing like these strange posts on Facebook and like different things on social media and mm-hmm. YouTube, and I'm like start looking into these. <laughs> conspiracies and and i'd i'd always been entertained by conspiracies like listening to rogan's podcast like certain conspiracies would come up but it was never like yeah this is a true or it was just the idea and like the accusation but a lot of them were were starting to come true right like i remember hearing about jeffrey epstein yeah his island years ago yeah and when he gets arrested and then all this like he, he was really having sex with kids or minor like their kids minors like Pretty much, yeah. i'm like oh so maybe there are some maybe there is some truth truth to this mm. you know there was all i'd always question certain like events that had happened in you know history i i i'm kind of interested like mormon history was super interesting and yeah. so now i'm kind of like looking at history you know american heritage because I never like I was familiar with it, but just what you're you're taught in school. Yeah. But now I'm like now I'm kind of looking more into that. I'm like, oh, so there's been conspiracies that have been proven now. Yeah, it's been decades later. Mm-hmm. So what's to say these aren't true? Exactly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But it makes sense. Like it does. Things are adding it, up. Yeah. But it's funny because people choose not, I know so many men and women, they're just like, oh, it's not true. And they brush under the rug. And I'm thinking, why not ask questions? Why not look into it? Why are you just brushing it under the rug? Why is it available? You think someone just made it up? Just like if somebody accuses somebody of cheating, you think they just make that shit up? No. Come on, people. Like, let's like wake up and start actually asking questions. But people don't want to ask questions because they don't want to actually. And do you want to know why? Why? Why do you think? This is this is my theory. Yeah. So often, when you you hear about um, a conspiracy, and and this is even in this is even Mormon talk, like Mm. as an active member of the church. Yeah. Don't go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's like. Oh, it's, so it's, it's a rabbit hole. Like, mm, yep. like, because a lot of times you're not going to, going to find conclusive mm. evidence. You're going to find a lot of stuff and you're, you're either going to have to like it, your, your perception of the, of your reality is going to change. And yeah. I knew this Yeah. when I went down the rabbit hole with religion, I knew, but I wanted it. Yep. It was scary. It scared the hell out of me. Well, of course, because it's against the norm, the normal thing. But it was like, once I did, it was like my world, my view changed. Yeah. And so the same thing happened this year. It was so eerie. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, I have these same feelings. And so it's like, everything's like, don't even go there. Like, 
you don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it's going to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I had to do it. Yeah. And I did it. And it's like, so it's been hard navigating this year, but man, I would say the true awakening, it's almost like now I finally feel like I'm really waking up because I, I can't, I kind of think I thought I was. Yeah. And maybe I still kind of think I am, but at the same time, like things are happening to my life and to my awareness of myself, to my consciousness to where I'm like, yeah. I realize like there's a term that, that I become that's that's often talked about in like the spiritual community and it's mm -hmm. called going from 3d to 5d you are you uh -uh. familiar with that uh -uh. so the claim is is that a 3d consciousness is like living in a state of fear kind of like okay. just living like in the reality like that we're in because yeah. growing up i mean and it's not it's not just mormonism it's just life in general like mm. you know everybody is programmed to a degree. Yeah. Like the system set up to program us like by going to school. Yes. They're, they're kind of training us to be workers. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so like you, you throw in like, I, like we were talking before, like all the different cultures and subcultures in society and all these mixed messages. Yeah. It's all forms of brainwashing. It's all forms oh, of programming. Oh yes. You know, what they show us on TV, we buy into like, oh, like pop culture and yeah. Hollywood. And, you know, this is like what is cool and what's not cool. And it's all spoon fed mm -hmm. to us. And we eat it up like candy. We totally eat it up. We love it. Yes. We hate it. Yeah. But we love it. Right. Yeah. And then you throw social media out there and it's like. Oh, God. Yep. You know, I have a love-hate relationship with it, but without it. I would still be depressed and still trying to like, mm. I don't know. It was just like, there were certain things that I saw on social media that allowed me yeah. to look further, to go down those rabbit holes and to start connecting the dots and to start really like seeing like who, who I am and like mm -hmm. the reality that I have been living in and the, re the, the other options that are out there. Yeah. And that's the hard part. That's still like where I'm at. It's like, you know, we were talking before we even started the podcast. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'll be 40 in January, but it's like, man, I'm just, just starting life You're now. Just like, starting finally, it. I'm just starting life. Like this yeah. year has been so, it's been so such a challenge. Like, it's it's caused some issues with me and my ex-wife. We don't necessarily agree on a lot of the COVID restrictions Which, with masks. Yeah, I know. And, this, yeah. and, and from day one, I've just been like, you know what? Once I started looking into it, I was like, mm -hmm. fuck masks. I know. There's... Fuck your restrictions because <laughs> you can't make up your mind. You're yep. all over the place. Yeah. And until you can give me a straight answer, until you yeah. can like really like support it, because if you're going to censor somebody that says certain information that goes against the, the narrative that they want to push on the mainstream, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Like I. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm here at this point in my life where it's like, damn, it's a, it's a cool time to be alive. It's, it's not easy. No. And there's days where it's like, man, this sucks Yeah. because it's like, you know, I go to the gym and it's like, where's your mask? Like, it's so stupid. I got to wear a mask to clock in. Well, yeah, yeah. you got to wear one to come in, but I don't have to wear one when I work out. 
And, and when I go to the store, I just, I have no issues. Yeah. And then, and if I'm wearing, if you're, you're, I guess this isn't on video. So I have a, a Trump hat on. Yeah. And I have another, uh, an American flag hat. If I wear, mainly when I wear my Trump hat, I get, people come up and talk to me. Really? It's been really, I've been, I've been like doing little social experiments, like going to the store without a mask, like not wearing a hat or wearing my hat. And one, I have a tank top yeah. that says uh, goat and it's a, there's a picture of Donald Trump. Okay. And I go to the gym and like people come up to me and they're like, I like your shirt. And like, yeah. it's almost like, but I mean, Utah is a little more conservative, obviously. Yes. I mean, yes. It's getting more diverse and I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or liberal yeah. or conservative at, at the end of the day, I just, I love America. Yeah. I, I feel like 2020s helped me take a step back and realize, man, 1776, they, they tried to get away from this. Yep. Why are we going back? Mm -hmm. Why are we going back? Yeah. Why are we going back? Like we are a free country. Why are we going back to this tyranny? Mm -hmm. And it's so it's kind of like I, I realized, man, I've, I've taken for granted the, the how awesome it is to live in not yes. only Utah, but, but in America, because even in Utah, it, it, the, the common phrase is like, oh, like I want to get out. I want to go to, you know, you know, Utah's a bubble that, and it's got its weird quirks and whatnot. But at least a lot of people are standing up. And like, yeah, well, yeah, as a collective, people are waking yeah. up. People are waking and up it's and really it's just, cool. you know, I, I'm not trying to like preach or like tell you what to believe as far as religion or to who, who to support politically, but I just want people to look. Ask like you questions. Were saying, yeah. You kept saying that. Ask questions. That's all I want people to do. Yep. And I, I'll post a lot of stuff on social media just to provoke thought, kind of like, yeah. you know, ask why, why is this happening? Why right. that? Right. Why is it, like, I don't know. I mean, I have my opinion and sometimes I'll openly share that. Right. But at the same time, like if you don't, you know, I work right next to somebody that hates Trump oh, <laughs> and we go back and forth, but at the end of the day, I love the guy. Like well, he's course. a good dude. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. But at, at the same time, it's like, I don't, I really don't know how you can support Joe Biden. Like, you know, mm. Why didn't they, there was, there was candidates. I listened to, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Andrew Yang, there was democratic candidates that I mm. thought would have done a really good job. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore conservative or mm. this hardcore Republican. Like when people really sit down and get to know me, I'm kind of, they think, oh, you're more of a libertarian. And it's like, I don't know what, I don't identify with, I don't like to identify with politics, right? but I just, I look at Trump. And I just, he says things, he does things that I'm like, I want to be, I want this guy leading the country versus the other option. Right. Now, if you, if you, the other side could have provided a better option. And I, yep. like I said, I, I feel like that's, that's the problem is there's some candidates that would have done a whole lot better job. So that's where I'm like, yeah. what's going on here? Who's pulling, like, who's pulling the strings? Yeah. Like, you know, who's really running the country? Is it really the president? Is it something? Is Donald Trump really trying to, like, get rid of that? And is that why? I mean, they impeached the guy. And they still want him out. They're still trying to get him out. And it's like, they'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. And this next two weeks, 
Oof. We got two weeks. Holy shit. It's crazy to think that. Think about it. Uh, Election is in two weeks. Which, and it's, yeah. And, and then, yeah. and, you know, I'm in Utah, so Utah politics are, are a concern of mine too. I've, you know, I've always been kind of just read across the board, but now I'm starting mm-hmm. to see like, it doesn't matter. Just because you say you're a Republican doesn't mean you are. <laughs> like, yeah. you might just be using that party to get nominated mm-hmm. so you can get in the in the running yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at i'm just like yeah religion and politics have played a huge role in in me just kind of like like we said i I don't know what the because i don't i hear woke and i don't Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't know because a lot of people will say they're woke but it's like are you really woke and people can look at me and be like well he's not woke Mm -hmm. and i just feel like for myself in my experience in life i feel like i'm I've been enlightened uh, and and that's, I mean, that's where I'm at. I yeah. I'm just, I, I feel like life, the good and the bad makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to get caught up in the past. I do it all the time. I yeah, get stuck in the past and that's when life sucks. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I break out of that, you know, I'll have days where I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. Right. That's okay. But yeah. the process of like really finding yourself, really becoming who you want to be, mm-hmm. you know, because that's really at the end of the day, it's not what anybody else wants you to be. Like once right. I decided, you know what, it's not about who anybody else wants me to be. It's like, who do I want to be? Exactly. As and a, that's the question to ask you yourself. Know, as mm-hmm. a father, as a man, as just a person, it's like, you know, I don't need to check off any boxes. I just need mm-hmm. to get good with me and keep working on me mm-hmm. and and just let whatever happens happen. Kind of yeah. like it's hard to not want to be in control. And mm-hmm. I, I I have to let go a lot. And it's it's a constant, like, like I just need to let go. Like, you can't control this situation. Yep. You got to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's what this year has been a huge, like, that's why I feel like this year has been so cool is because it's like, there's a lot of things that aren't in my control. And so it's like, I can either choose to let it get me down or I can choose to allow it to really step into who I am. Mm-hmm. Like going to a store without a mask, I don't like doing that. Like I would rather just join the crowd. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I don't know why, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to be real. And I don't believe in the mask. So unless, you know, if, if, if it become if it comes to a point where it's like going to cause a scene, okay. You know, put the damn mask I'll put on. It on. But right. it's going to, it's I'm. not, I'm not going down without a fight. Yeah. Like, I'm too, like, I'm very, I'm, I'm a passive person, but like, I have a short fuse. That, like, if I really believe in something and I'm, if I get passionate about something, like, I just, watch out. Like, I'm like, right. I'm not like. Which, if you I'm, follow him on Facebook, you will see I his posts, like, which I'm are amazing. Gonna, I'm not going to take, like, I just, I'm not going to bend over and just be like, okay. I've done that in my life. Exactly. And you're done doing that. I'm done doing it's that. It's not right fun like, living that way. No. It's not about being, like, big and macho. Like, everybody's like, oh, quit being big and macho and just wear the mask. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about really standing up for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, this is me. Like, take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. And people respect you more. Well, yeah. 
But people think their identity is based off their religion, their job, the money they make, all the things, right? And it's, they don't know how to like, people just don't know how to go in and be like, oh, well, wait, you're supposed to question things. Wait, whatever I was just feeling, that's truth. Oh, I didn't realize that because I was there too. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you have something inside that's telling you something, it's pretty accurate. Your gut's always on. Your gut is never going to stray you wrong. And when you have a gut feeling on something, a pull on something, you have to follow that because that will guide you to truth. Right? Exactly. And that's, yeah. I guess, to kind of finish it up, to end it. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head. Yep. That is what, that's how I have truly, I feel woken up is mm -hmm. because I've been stripping away all my identities. Yep. Like, and it's, I wouldn't say like, I still catch myself wanting to identify with certain things. I mean, it, it even comes down to, you know, you can identify with religion, with mm -hmm. politics, with your job, with, how, mm -hmm. like you said, how much money you make. I mean, I would identify with like, what sports team I like. It was like, yes. it was almost like they were part of my identity. It's like, mm -hmm. why? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I still watch sports, Yeah, you know, but I'm not. I'm, I recognize like, I don't need to identify as like this yeah. sports fanatic, but mm -hmm. like at the same time, it's like, I could still enjoy the entertainment. Cause you know, there's a lot of garbage out there that I've learned with entertainment, but at the same time, like it can't all be just go, go, go. Like, mm -mm. you know, I, I see a lot of yeah. people that I've followed on social media as I've gotten into personal development and like the coaching and it's like, it's constant, like motivation motivation and like go 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 and it's mm. it's almost exhausting to me because it's like do you laugh like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like just post a meme or just fucking post a joke like mm -hmm. be like don't take yourself so serious mm -hmm. and that's why i try to it's like you know as soon as i if i feel like i'm taking myself too serious it's like okay i need some humor right i need to lighten the yeah lighten it up and, yes i mean no. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and here's the thing too, like just to just, you know, top this off. It's just whatever people decide they want to do, whether they want to stay in a religion, great. If you want to vote for who you want to vote for, great. But question things. Why are things, you know, why are things coming out? Why are, why is this information out? I mean, just question and look mm -hmm. into every single thing that you're into because like for me, I want everyone to have an awareness of all the things in life and to just look at it and see how you feel about it. It'll be so, so concrete on what we're taught and told and go with your gut because that's again, going to lead you to truth. So I think that's key in all of it. Cause it's, but man, it's tough. You know, it's tough. Not easy. It's not easy, but I think it's just again listening, just listening, allowing yourself to actually listen to those voices or things, pulls, right? Listen, mm -hmm. listen, listen, because they're there. Everything runs off of energy and mm -hmm. vibration. That's mm -hmm. what I'm learning. Yeah. So, like you're saying, like as soon as you get in tune with your own energy and mm -hmm. the energy around you, like if you feel bad energy or negative energy, it's like, is it you? Is it something else? Like I start to like, I start to recognize that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, here's, here's on to the next, 
yes. portion of this waking up. Cause I still, God, yes. I mean, I still have tons to, to go. Like I'm not there. Yeah. Like oh, when we're Never talking about be. the 3d, the 5d, like yeah. the 5d is living in like this state of like bliss of like, where you just, like you're so in tune with yourself and your environment, your surroundings that you are just kind of floating through life, but like you're still, it's not like you're just living on this cloud. Like mm-hmm. it's not like heaven's like this cloud. It's like, no, you're still moving and yep, making your goals and reaching your oh, goals. Hell and, yeah. But it's all about consciousness. Mm-hmm. Everything Elevating is. consciousness. Exactly. You know, we've been dumbed down. Yeah. We have been dumbed down through yes. all sorts of means. Yep. Our consciousness as a human collective has been dumbed down. Mm-hmm. And this is what's awesome about this time. I I believe the Great Awakening is real because mm-hmm. I believe we are elevating consciousness as a as a collective um population as a collective like throughout the world like oh yeah we're and you can feel it you can totally feel, you can feel it. it it's fucking and cool. that's what's cool yeah and so that's oh yeah that's it's, powerful it's a cool time to be alive it is it's really cool i mean considering all the shit that's happened yeah. this year like again like i think it's just pulling everyone as a collective like to be conscious yeah. and awake like it's beautiful it's you're cool. either gonna rise you're going to stay, stay where you're at or you're going to lower. So yep. it's all about choice. It is. Everything is about choice, isn't it? It's all about choice. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Holy shit. It's amazing. So do you want to touch on anything else? Like, I mean, I think I've pretty much told my life story. Told but your life story. I love it. I mean, I love it. I, I, I don't know. It's not that I've, you know, what I find fascinating about podcasts is I've been listening to podcasts for three years now. Yeah. And so I love hearing people's stories because it's like everybody has a unique story and when they really share it, because mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't really know who somebody is. Like I listened to a podcast, a guy I follow on social media and I listened to a podcast that he did just the other day Yeah, and it like changed my view on him. I was like, I was kind of like trying to figure him out a little bit. And then I was like, um, cause he has a lot of, he shares a lot of stuff that I relate to. And sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, why are you going there? And I'm sure people do that yeah. to me, which we all do nothing to, you know, personal, but it was like, when I heard his like raw, real story, cause he, he's kind of had a similar, you know, mission, marriage, divorce, okay, yeah. all these things. And it's like, yeah. oh man, now I really relate to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, we're pretty much the same. We're different, but we've had some similar experiences. Yeah. And so as I've listened to like people share experiences of their story and like where, you know, mm-hmm. what they've been through, it's like, man, it's inspiring. It's like, you know what? Like they, they got through it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get through it. We're all trying to get we through are. it. We're all trying to like level up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's hard to know how to level up. Yeah. And so when you hear like you start make connect, it, help, it helps connect the dots. And, mm-hmm. and it, yeah. it, it makes us all look more like human beings yeah. instead of like, you know, just sharing all the highlights, yeah. which that's totally fine. Like it's not like you want to yeah. air out your dirty laundry all the time. Right. Right. But at the same time, like it just, 
it's more real it's more authentic and that's mm -hmm. i mean i've been listening to your podcast i've listened to about four or five episodes and mm -hmm. i dig it like yeah. it's cool like, yeah so I'm, I'm glad <laughs> glad you had me on like, yes <laughs> i know it's been a treat it's been awesome i know it's been so awesome and that's the thing like the power is in the sharing right and if more people would actually share in a powerful way people could relate like you're saying and they'll realize they're not alone and it makes it really alters people's way of thinking when you share things vulnerable when you're vulnerable it literally alters people's way of thinking and then way of being and that's what i want to do right is by in all my guest sharing and my sharing um you know i want to make a difference for people because Everyone, I think at some point or at points, it's like a roller coaster. You, we feel alone. We feel like we're the only ones going through certain things or thinking certain things, and we're not. We are very similar. <laughs> and so this is why I love podcasting. And I also love getting in people's worlds, what makes yeah. someone someone, right? Like that is so intriguing to me because, I, I mean, the more we get in fa fascinated with other people and getting in their world, it would make things would really shift, right? But people are so consumed in their own shit all the time that they don't realize that, oh my God, what's in front of me right now? Oh, this human being who he has an amazing story. This is what made him, him or her, her, right? Ah, it's so fascinating. Yeah. So this is why I love doing this. So it's cool. So yeah. I love everything you shared. So thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had me on. And yeah. It's, it's like what I, what I found interesting is just, I didn't know too much about your background. I, I've seen mm -hmm. you on social media and we've chatted a little bit about certain issues and whatnot and yeah but to like kind of hear more of your background it's like oh like yeah like you said we, like once you really sit down and have a conversation with somebody mm -hmm. and you're not worried about what they're gonna think or mm -hmm. there's just you just open it up yeah then you really like feel like oh like we are all pretty damn similar yes yes and we're all connected and it's yeah. like allowing yourself to get in. Like if you're pulled to somebody and then make that time to connect with them and be like, have a conversation, get together because there's something you can learn. You share gifts, right? And it's, it's a big difference, you know? But I think that we're, like you said, we're, I think we're afraid to just actually get in conversation because we're afraid of what we're going to say or what they're going to think or, but it's like, oh my God, it's so cool. Like we're all the same. We're all connected. And it's freaking amazing. And it was easy with you because I already knew you're into that. Like yeah. you're open with that. So yeah. when, as more people start, you start realizing like they're okay with you just opening up and sharing whatever, like mm -hmm. then it just, it, it's a snowball effect. It is a snowball effect. And, and that's the thing too, is like, I always want to create that space for people to just be able to share anything with me. And there's no judgment on my end. Like I just listen from nothing but I also do get feedback. Like when, if someone calls me, I have a lot of friends that will call me and they're like, Oh my gosh, you're like my coach. And I'm like, all right, come on, <laughs> let's do this. And they love my feedback. They're like, wow, you're just straight about it. I'm like, well, yeah, cause I see you. I'm not fucking settling for Like I am, I am, I see you for your highest self and that's all I see. Yeah. You're in a low space, but I still see you, you know? And I think it's beautiful, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah. <gasps> cool. Well, Anything else? Oh, I think that's that's yeah, good. Good place to end. I know. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, All guys. Right. Well, thanks for listening. We sure love ya. Bye bye.